All right, everybody, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. I am joined by a very special guest tonight. He is Matt Brooks of the Denver Nuggets um, at Matt Brooks NBA. Thank you so much for hopping on, man. And, and thanks for, for gracing us with the time. It's uh, it's uh, nice to have you on, finally. It's good to be on. It's a big day. Uh, not just because the Nuggets are having their ring ceremony and everything like that. Uh, this is my pickaxe and roll debut, so... Big, big day, day for sure. <laughs> big day for the Matt Brooksy man. Uh, no, I appreciate you. I, I should I tell the story of my first impression of you on this podcast or no? Yes, it's gold. <laughs> now, now I have to. Uh, so gold. when when Matt first came over from the Brooklyn Nets, uh, I the only impressions that I really had of him were from his Twitter profile, which I thought like, hey, you're a Brooklyn guy. You're always wearing suits. <laughs> You are a you're a person who like trying to keep it as professional, like the New York minute as 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 possible. And and I just thought he was a raging asshole. I that's the, the impression that I had of Matt Brooks at the beginning of our relationship together. Fair. And uh no, it's not fair at all, actually. That's the funny part about it, because you're clearly not that. We we met and and I I still remember who I was talking to on the first day that we met, but I was like, damn. That's a nice guy. That was not what I was expecting. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I think I walked in with a, with a, uh, I, I think I was in all black and like a trench coat. And like right. I had my, I'm not wearing them right now, but I have these rings, which I should stop wearing because I'm 29. Uh, that's not true. You can wear whatever the hell you want. That's, 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 true. that's You're not right. the thing. Like, I mean, me. it, but it was <laughs> funny. It was like, hey, this is a, this is a spitting image of what I had. And then he was just like a nice yeah. dude. I no, appreciate that. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, I just came in and looked pretty Brooklyn. And I realized right away, I was like, wow, this is not showing up to like a Nets presser. Uh, and I was like, I look a little alternative right now for this group, but that's cool. So alternative yeah. is a great way to put it. It was definitely alt, <laughs> big alt look for me. Oh my gosh. No, we, we love you here. We, we enjoyed it and we had a good time with it for sure. Uh, but everybody make sure to go follow Matt. At Matt Brooks NBA, he is a great follow on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, and it is a a nice thing to be able to to, to see how and have somebody that does like stats breakdowns and video breakdowns on on the actual website. So uh, go check out his work on Nuggets.com as well because he puts together these film studies, which uh, you took from uh, obviously your your previous work and then had a great time doing, but it it has elevated the coverage in the space. So thank you for doing what you do, dude. Damn, that's nice. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a good uh, good transition. Um, it's I feel like what I like to do is a lot of the film stat stuff, and it's been uh, well received. So um, it's I'm I'm happy about that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's cool. I it's the great thing about the Nugget Speed is we have so many talented people. So I think that really pushes me. Um, you know, just seeing the different work that everybody's doing. Um, there's so many people with different skills too. Um, it makes you kind of want to grow your skill set outside of like what you do well, I guess. So it's cool. And you're, I mean, one of those, like, dude, I, I've been literally leaning on your, uh, your rotation grass. I've been leaning on those like here, <laughs> like I need them to breathe. So <laughs> it's awesome. I'm, I'm trying to monetize those things. Like that's you should. Uh, at you this should. point, like it, people would pay. People would definitely I, pay. I will it. pay. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, man. No, it's a, it's a good look. So immediately now that I have you here, I'm going to put your feet to the fire. Uh, Eddie sell in the comments. He says, Ryan, those new jerseys are not good at all, except more for finally getting the ship. 
Uh, do you have an official comment, Matt Brooks, on the, on the Jersey leaks? Those are rumored. I can't comment on those. That's it. Those are rumored. I <laughs> physically can't comment on those. So. Oh my god, I'm turning uh, this this new camera filter, which automatically doing me dirty. You see how red I am in this camera? Yeah. Good God, like this is a, a new webcam, new setup, trying new things. So okay, I, I, I promise I will not keep putting your feet to the fire on <laughs> yeah, that. It is hilarious to watch you squirm a little bit, but uh, uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, no, we're here. We're here to preview Nuggets Lakers. We are here to have a good time and chat about a variety of things. Um, we were at practice today, and this is kind of how this came about. You and I wanting to to chat and like, Hey, this, this was the perfect time to do so because the nuggets are kicking off the season against these Los Angeles Lakers. It's ring night tomorrow. There's a lot of excitement in the building. I think there's more media in the building for this opening night than I've ever seen for an opening night before, mm. which not a surprise, obviously, but it was, it was still kind of surprising to be there. Just your general takeaways of, of as the, we lead up to the season, how the nuggets are kind of approaching it. Yeah. Um, just kind of, I think you tweeted out yesterday, but uh, just their, their, their ballots. Like, I think they understand this is a long journey. Um, and this is something I've been, I think, it was, uh, I don't know if you were there at the media session. I've been really asking uh, Coach Malone a lot about how they're balancing contending with developing because right now with the way their roster is, they almost have to, I mean, they don't have to, but if they want to go far, they, they have to, they have to develop <laughs> Because they have three rookies and two sophomores um, on the roster, all fighting for rotation spots. So, um, yeah, I, I think that the the idea coming into this year is they're going to compete. They're going to go for a high seed, but they understand there's going to be bumps along the way. And they just know how long this journey is in a way. So I think there's a sense of balance this go around. And again, I wasn't here at the beginning of last year, so I can't speak on that, but I can just go from what I saw from the playoffs versus this year. So I think that would probably be the first like macro point that I've seen so far through these pressers. For posterity's sake, last year, I think the biggest comparison was uh, we know what we have to do, but it's time to shut up and do it. Like that was really the, the general vibe. Now they've done it. Now they've done the thing. And how you get back to that place is a very interesting question. Denver's obviously never tried to experience that before. And in the last few seasons, we'll call it last five seasons, not a lot of teams have ever experienced that before themselves. So, it's hard. <laughs> it is hard to do. <laughs> and then, like, just it, shit happens most of the time in, in these in these seasons. And the parity is a really big deal in the NBA. And I think that that has really manifested. But for a team like the Nuggets, where they are seemingly pretty well set up for this, uh, I'm not surprised that the the message has been and and like the thing that I, I shared yesterday, the Jamal Murray quote, I, I think that that was pretty salient because it is going to take a little bit. It is not going to be perfect. They're not going to be perfect. They're not going to be playing playoff caliber basketball in October and November. And like having that appreciation is important, but also like knowing when to criticize and when to not is going to be really difficult this year because the actual team itself knows what they have to do, but you can't just flip the switch again and again and again. Like there are certain benchmarks that they're going to have to reach this year. And I'm just so curious what those are going to look like and when we're going to see them and, and whether we're even going to know that they exist or not. Like that's the natural thing about the NBA. Like you, you, 
you, sometimes you just don't know what you're seeing before your eyes until you've actually had hindsight. Yes, I agree. Um, by the way, I just wanted to share that. No, 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 I agree. I think that's pretty salient. Um, yeah, I mean, the season's long, and I think that this is, like, usually when you think of people talking about the season being long, you think of, like, load management and stuff like that, and it seems like they're, I don't know if they're going to load manage, but they definitely want to play their stars less, just from what Malone said. Um, and a big part of that is that you're going to play, you in that way, if you're trying to play your stars or main guys less, that means you're going to be playing your bench guys more, which means more minutes for the rotation guys, which means you have more guys kind of developing and probably playing really hard. So there's, I think there's a balance. I get the vision for sure. It's just about like, does that come to fruition? And, you know, do you have those marks where you do need to flip the switch if you're the main guys? So yeah, I, I think that's a good point. We will see how they approach it. Um, any, any general takeaways from practice today other than, uh, than uh, what, we, what we shared already? Yeah, nothing crazy. Uh, it was interesting. It was good to hear from Mike, uh, Michael Porter Jr., um, and just kind of hear about how that happened. I think he mentioned it was a grade three sprain. Um, so it sounds like it's something that will – he's going to play on it, but it will, it'll definitely be sore in certain spots. So I think that's something to, like, keep an eye on. But it's it, they didn't seem overly worried with it. Um, but I definitely thought that was, like, notable um, for sure. And then outside of that, I don't know, there wasn't a ton else. I think there were certain questions about – a lot of questions for Zeke, obviously, who spoke today. Um, but other than that, I think we're kind of just settling in and getting ready for the year. That new contract was officially announced, so you're allowed to talk about I it. I can talk about uh, that. You can talk about that <laughs> one. Uh, no, it's going to be good. And and I think uh, I, I, I spoke about this on last night's show or this morning's show, if you're if you're listening on YouTube. Um, that is a – I thought that that was a good deal for both sides. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't see really a ton of drawbacks for either side for committing to that because the upside with Zeke is higher than four years, 32 million. Mm-hmm. But for Zeke, he hasn't really played a ton and, and locking in some cash and getting a player option on the end of that feels like a good thing. It feels like a good good opportunity for him. Hey, now you're set for life because you have this contract and then we'll see whether he can continue to build on it. But that was nice to see Michael Porter. Obviously, they they made him available, so he's going to play. And, and Michael Malone confirmed as much that Christian Brown, Michael Porter Jr., they'll be healthy. Um, and we'll, we'll, I guess, next segment, we get to talk about the uh, the Nuggets and the Lakers and what that's going to look like. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear your perspective on what you think the rotation is going to be and, and things like that, but also oh, how this team's going to approach ring night. It's going to be good. Um, I'll tell you what, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about Nuggets-Lakers, and we'll have a good time with it. But first, everybody this podcast, as you know, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Why in the world would you bet with the big boys this football season when you have the opportunity to try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall? Superbook is the book next door. They're just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to 250 bucks when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day while using that promo code MILEHIGH. So make sure to bet with the best and use that promo code mile high this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll.
so basically what I we're going to talk Nuggets Lakers like talking Nuggets Lakers for this and we're going to have a, a good time at ring night that's going to be a good uh, fun enjoyable experience for everybody even if like whether the Nuggets win or lose it's going to be a fun experience uh, I don't know if the email has officially gone out on when we're supposed to be there uh, but it's going to be pretty early 445 uh, well if you're a fan you want to be there I don't know for us I have no idea media I haven't seen that yet but yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll find out. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be, I'm sure Michael Malone will speak at about 345 and then Darvin Ham will speak at four and we're going to have a, it's going to have a lot to, uh, to get through at that point. But they, these big ring night ceremonies are always interesting where uh, this team, they've got a lot kind of to figure out and then like, it's going to be very busy. It's like the opening game of the season is always very weird. I think back to the Gordon Hayward injury mm-hmm. just a, a few years ago. That's the one that like, and then the, I also think of the, uh, there was one where the Lakers and the, or no, the Nets and the Warriors played against each other when it was uh, actually, you would probably know this. I remember it fondly. Yep. <laughs> and, and KD just like demolished the Warriors. And it was, yeah. it was very surprising to see. Yeah. Uh, then the Warriors tanked and were the second seed that season. So maybe we should have seen it coming, but uh, yeah. Uh, no, it was, it's like weird stuff can happen on this night. So I was wondering if you, if you had any, like you remember that night, do you have any experiences of just like watching the opening game of the year? Uh, I couldn't even, who played last year? Like I should probably know who, who it was, but I couldn't even tell you. Uh, I think the Bucks see. and the Sixers played on Thursday. So I think okay. last year it was probably, and it was probably, it was the Warriors and the Lakers probably. That'd be my yeah. guess. Okay. Yeah, I, I remembered it. I mean, the ring ceremony is one I always remember. It's kind of similar to like the how the finals was, like even just being there for game one, but obviously like the celebration, like you watch it on TV and then you're in the arena and you're like, oh my God, this is in front of me. So I'm going to have one of those moments with the ring ceremony, which is cool. Um, th- th- those have been really special for me just because like everybody else, I've watched the NBA since I was a kid. So it's been really cool to be there for those. Uh, the, the games themselves. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, there are weird games. You, I honestly wouldn't even have thought of the Nets game if you hadn't brought that up. Uh, <laughs> like I just, you know, first, first night of the year is always weird in terms of the basketball. Um, some teams look really good. Some teams don't, uh, conditioning can kind of be all over the place. So it's, you know, it, it really like, I, I remember, uh, God, what year was it? I think the one I actually remember, it was like the first game of the Warriors, uh, with Durant, they lost to the Spurs, and everybody was. Mm. I just remember, like, that was an all time overreaction night. Like, everybody's like, oh my God, this isn't going to work. It's over. Like, <laughs> the first game. So that's the one I think of. But other than that, yeah, these games are, I don't know. You, know, you said that was Warriors defense. Spurs? Warriors Spurs, way back, 2017. Didn't they Wait. win like 67 games that year? Yeah, but the, it was the 2017 Warriors. Yeah, like, I know, exactly. Like, <laughs> Like so, they they lost it. It was crazy, but like I mean, yeah, it was like one I of can't, their. I can't believe it. That was one of the fifteen losses yeah, all year. That's, right, that's wild. Spurs right. uh, yeah. were good uh, that year too. So it was man. a good year. Wow, that was that was the year that like Kawhi rolled his ankle in the uh, on Zaza Pachulia's foot. Um, tough series. Yeah, tough series brutal. for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get into the actual game aspect of this because. Yep. Yeah, might as well. Like, assuming that everything goes according to plan, and the Nuggets start at about five thirty, five thirty-five, five forty, uh, 
the Lakers are going to trot out their starting lineup, which I assume looks like Austin River or Austin Reeves. Good Lord. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, LeBron James, uh, Rui Hachimura. Is he going to start? Yeah, because no Jared Bayless. Or Jared, ba- Jared Bayless. Whoa, Man, Jared Bayless. I went with Austin okay? Rivers and you went with Jared Bayless. I think I win. <laughs> Jared Bayless is crazy. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, and and uh, yeah, he's out. And he's been out. He's been dealing with like this. I think it's a heel thing that he's dealing with. Um, and it's they've been kind of it seems like it's kind of murky on like what his status is and what he's gonna return. So I wonder if they go, I wonder if they go Rui. Or or it could be Torian Prince, who's played very well for them in the preseason. Actually, it's probably gonna be Torian Prince, if I had to the be player. honest. That they that's the guy that they're talking up in training camp and in, in the preseason and things like that. And Rui, I, I think they like the idea of having him come off the bench, but I also I'm not a big fan of the Rui Christian Wood pairing that they've they've started playing around with. Like yeah. that seems that seems pretty shaky to me from a, especially from a defensive perspective. Um, what are, what's your impression of this Lakers team? Just like it, they made the changes that they did. Obviously, they won't have Vanderbilt available, but assuming that they have everybody else, just like how challenging is that matchup going to realistically be? I think it'll be challenging because they're going to play hard. Um, and they are clearly fired up about this game. Um, <laughs> clearly, very fired. You've heard up. something about that? Yeah, I, we had the LeBron like, "Oh, I'm saving this for a different day." It, uh, that was a good quote. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's it's kind of this is going to be a pretty intense. This is actually going to be really one of the more intense opening night games. I think these teams are going to play really hard. I'm excited for that. Long term, the Lakers. I don't know. I, they're kind of a hard team for me to evaluate, um, but. This game with everybody healthy, LeBron fresh after an offseason, Davis fresh. Um, they're going to look really good. I mean, I think we saw it with them last year in the playoffs. Like, they're a really, really, really tough team to play, and they have an identity. Um, and the biggest thing for them, I think, was just the very end. There was just attrition. Seems like at the end of every game, they sort of ran out of gas. But first game of the year, yes, there's altitude. That's going to be a factor. They're going to play pretty hard, I, I and they're going to be fresh. So I'm I'm excited. I think it's going to be a really hard game. Yeah, it should be fascinating to see um, how how both teams approach this and if it's going to be one of those very intense games like you're talking about. And does that make it a little bit more uh, like turnover prone? Do people make mistakes? Is there a lot of fouls and free throws and things like that? Like there's there's a lot of like logistical things there, but uh, I, I do think the motivation is going to be there on the Lakers side. That's that's for certain. Um, for the Nuggets, I, I think the motivation will be there, but it's also going to be a little bit different. And it's, it's just a different feeling when you receive a ring and then you have to go play. Yeah. Uh, I, Jamal talked about it like while he was out there. And then I think at the media session yesterday, I want to say just about how like it, once, once the ball goes up, like it, does, it doesn't matter. Like he's going to play. And like he's he almost sounded like he didn't even want to accept the ring. But like <laughs> I, I, don't think that that's actually the case. Like he, he should enjoy it. Everybody should try to enjoy this moment, but for the nuggets it's going to be hard to turn the page, probably harder than the Lakers to turn the page where they've been seething all summer. And then the nuggets have been celebrating all summer. So like for yeah. obvious reasons, it's uh, it's, it's going to be a very interesting battle between those two and whether Denver can match the energy that the Lakers put out there will be fascinating. Um, what do you think Mike's going to look like and Christian's going to look like in their, in their returns? Uh, no clue. Honestly, like I, I wouldn't, I don't think my expectations are high, not because I don't think they're like, they had good off seasons or anything like, it's just like kind of hard to 
come back and play a full a full go game after you miss two weeks of basketball, especially like your first bit of NBA basketball. Um, so yeah, I, I think my expectations are tempered. I'm really curious for both guys though, because they both kind of had the same off season in terms of like, they both work on their ball handling and like, what does that look like? It's not going to be like Mike and Christian Brown running 25 pick and rolls in the game. Like they're not just going to completely change their offense, but what does that look like? Ball gets swung to them on the second side. What are they able to do in those situations? Are they pushing the ball up more in transition? That's something that's been stressed for Christian. I'm curious to see what that looks like for Mike. Where's Mike's where, how's the ankle really is probably the other thing I'm, I'm definitely watching for. Um, how does that affect him as a shooter coming off pin downs and just relocating and, and, and what, what type of things are they able to do with him? So I, those would be the two guys I'm really keeping an eye on just from, I'm interested in, what this next year looks like for them, but also just like where they are kind of fitness wise, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's fitness wise. I think Christian will probably be okay. He's also probably not going to be asked to play 30 minutes or anything like yeah. that. It's going to be 20 to 25 and that'll be in 10 minutes stints or 10 to 12 minutes stints, basically off the bench. First guy You're off the, the bench, that'll be the expectation. <laughs> and, and then maybe he just kind of, there's Mike's minutes. Maybe Mike plays 24 and Christian plays 24. That would, it wouldn't surprise me if they just decided, hey, I'm, if I'm the rotation guy, then like you get the 24 minutes of small forward on the ends, and then Christian gets the 24 minutes of small forward in the middle. Like that, that would be probably a, a, a reasonably way to approach it at, at the six minute mark of every quarter. Um, I think that Reggie Jackson will play. Mm-hmm. I think that Christian Brown will play. I think that Zeke Naji will play. I don't know who else is going to play beyond that. You you could you could tell me that Jewel, uh, Justin Holiday plays. You could tell me that Zeke Naji surprisingly played the four and DeAndre's playing the five. <laughs> like that would that would that would shock a lot of people, but it wouldn't shock me. Uh, I, I think that they could do a variety of different things, uh, trying to match up with the Lakers' size and athleticism and the the things that they can do as skill position players. You think Julian Strother's going to play? Yeah, I'm really curious to see, like, do they try to match the Lakers? Or are they just kind of like, we're trying to figure out our rotation? Because that's been something, like, Malone's really stressed is we need to figure out what our bench looks like. So does that start night one? Like, are you just like, whatever, we don't – I mean, you don't want to, like, just not plan for the other team's lineups, obviously. But are you being like, all right, let's throw in Julian for five minutes and just see how he fares. Um, let's see what Justin looks like at the three. Uh, and, like, I, I, you know, I think their bench, the general thing is just – it trends a little smaller because um, you're looking at like Peyton, Christian, uh, Julian, and Justin. Like those are good size wings, but you don't have any like really bulky frontline guys. Um, so I think in a sense, you're you're just going to see a lot of different guys thrown in for different stints. I, I actually, I wonder if Justin Holiday is like a pretty early sub. That, that seems like, I wouldn't be shocked at that at all if he's one of the first three guys off the bench, uh, him, Christian, and, and and Reggie. Personally, they just seem to really like how he plays. One of the other things, and I've, I've talked about this on the show before, the Lakers like to stagger LeBron with the second unit. That's one of the, the things that they do. They'll play AD most of the first and third quarters, and then they'll play LeBron at the beginning of the second, beginning of the fourth. It wouldn't surprise me if the Nuggets just matched Aaron Gordon's minutes yeah. with LeBron yeah. and said, Hey, this is how we're going to approach this for this game. And we'll start you and we'll take 
Aaron out early, we'll move Mike to the four, and he'll match up with, I don't know, Rui or somebody like that. Yeah. Torian Prince. And that will be the, like, it's just a reasonable thing to try that, that you have Aaron Gordon and Zeke Naji in the front court. And that, like, they've done that before. They did that. I remember one time them doing that against Jason Tatum specifically uh, with a matching up against the Boston Celtics. It was the one time during the year that I can remember them actually changing up that rotation and staggering AG for like on the second unit on purpose. Like sometimes you you get foul trouble and you just have to do something like that. But most of the time, like this was, Mm. this was clearly something like they matched up against the big wing. Maybe this Mm. is the way to do it because I don't know who on Denver second unit guards LeBron James. Yeah, I don't mean like throwing Piwat. That's a big ask. <laughs> like, and like big it ask. could be Piwat, but like <laughs> if it's deep. Christian or Justin or Julian Strother, like those guys are just too small. Yeah. I honestly think Zeke would like, I, that sounds wild, but like I think size wise, you could, I'd almost feel better about doing that than throwing like one of your freshman, sophomore players at him. I don't you know. Like yeah. The idea of, of Zeke as the four and DJ as the five. You could. I mean, yeah, this I I really would not be surprised if this is a deep bench game, especially because it is the first game of the year. Um, I think they want to ease their guys back. At least that's just what they've said. Uh, so I, I, I could see it. And I'll, it's also the beginning of the year. I, I feel like that's a little more common for teams. How do you think Jokic and Jamal kind of approach this this one? Like they did in the conference finals. I mean, like, literally, like, I, there's the Lakers didn't have an answer for either guy. They did definitely didn't have one for Jamal. I don't know why that would change. Um, and and that is I that mean, is one thing that in all the in all the additions that the Lakers made on the fringes, they they did a good job of of bolstering their rotation, especially during the regular season. It's one of the three reasons yeah. I have them picked to be the three seed in the West this year. Like, I think they'll they'll be a top three seed, pretty high. But I don't think that they changed anything about their playoff outlook at all. I don't think their roster is all that different. I mean, like it's different in terms of like the names and the styles they're going to play, but like how they match up with Denver is like largely the same, like yeah. pretty much. Like Gabe Vincent in for Dennis Schroeder is like, you know, they're different players, but they're smaller than Jamal. Um, and and I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I didn't look at this. Like I I did a preview uh, for the website, and I was like, God, this is pretty much the same matchup like i'm kind of writing the same thing i wrote for the uh the actual series preview so yeah it is interesting like that how do you see it going how do you see do you think denver takes it in this one i i, I know you're you might be a little biased on on this front but like, <laughs> aren't, aren't we all if we're being honest i don't know I, I i would not be shocked if if they don't win um and and i i just say that because i think like the lakers are gonna play so hard um and I just for I don't know for some reason I think that's like something that I'm I'm definitely mindful of. But I I, I think it's going to be a really good game. That's I, that's all I know. Like for me, I'm coming into this and I'm like, it's going to be so nice to be back and like the first game be such an intense regular season game. Not just because of it being the first game and opening night, but just like the history between these two teams. It's pretty rare that we get a matchup where there's this much like back and forth. Uh, just in terms of a history, but b like comments made and stuff like that, it's pretty rare. It kind of brings me back to like seventies, eighties type basketball. It's fun. It's it's. I think it's more enjoyable for the fans if if this is actually like a rivalry thing. If if this yeah. is 
these are two teams that can go back and forth and say, Hey, we own you or you're you on us. And like, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to uh, take it on the chin or if it's in the playoffs, then these teams take it super personally. Like, I, I think that that's one thing about this, that I think the nuggets do take it personally still, whether, I mean, you, you've seen KCP's comments, like that's, that's one yeah. guy that like, he kind of, kind of, kind of out there in terms of yeah. uh, share, sharing the, the inside feelings of, of like, of, of how this actually is going. So I think the Nuggets know what they're in for, and I think that the starters will be ready. I do think this game will be lost with the bench. I think that this game will... I, I have not heard a lot of confidence coming from that second unit. And if uh, if they, they try to go into this with a 10-man rotation or even a 9-man rotation where Jamal is staggering, like you're probably going Jamal, Reggie, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji. That would be the... Ian, or maybe it's Justin Holiday, Zeke Naji. And then you're so small, and it just might not be good. It just it, it very well may not work uh, with Reggie and Jamal together. So I'm curious as to how it's going to go, but uh, we'll we'll find out, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to watch. It's gonna be very interesting to monitor. Uh, do you have a, a bold prediction for for tomorrow's game? Ooh, bold prediction. Um, bold prediction. Bold prediction. Um, goodness. Oh, I don't want to forward. I don't want to, you put me on the spot right now. Sorry, bold sorry. Bold prediction. Uh, give me, give me a point total or a score total or something like that. Uh, ooh, I, this is tough for me too. Uh, I think it's, I think it's actually going to be pretty low scoring. That's, that's mm. my prediction. I think altitude will be a factor for the Lakers, um, and I just think it's going to be a, like the first half is going to be. My prediction is going to be a little rockier. So. Uh, bold takes, man. I, I gotta give you something, huh? Don't I? Uh, let's see here. Come back to me. What do you have a bold take? I'm gonna come up with one right now. Nikola Jokic goes for 40, 15, and 15. I got one. Nikola hit six threes, five threes, <laughs> four threes, five threes. Six feels crazy. Yeah, that's almost like <laughs> more surprising. Like, I like, I, I should like look up his basketball reference to see like what he's made in the game. He's just chucking them. He's just, just, chucking just them. jacking them up, man. It's, I love it's amazing it. to watch. It's it's, great. Uh, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, like I, I think that's that's gonna be interesting. It'll be it'll be fun to be fun to monitor. But like, I think the Joker forty fifteen and fifteen is definitely on the table. Especially like they're gonna play him. Like they're gonna play him a lot of minutes because I don't think the bench is gonna work out very well. And if you get like thirty six minutes of Nicola, then it's it's not gonna be that hard to do. Like they're gonna funnel everything through him and. Like Jamal will be like he'll work with them, but they're gonna like it's gonna be Jokic scoring or Jokic passing most of the time. Oh, I think we get a good KCP game, which is like not even a hot take because like he just was like out of literally playing outside of his body against the Lakers in the yeah. conference finals. But I think we get another one because he's the guy. I'm like we mentioned it. That's that's a real personal matchup for him. So uh, I, I think we get another just a scorcher from him. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, tell you what, let's take one more break. When we come back, we are going to do some more uh, predictions for the rest of the NBA season, whether it's Nuggets related or NBA related. We'll have plenty of time uh, to chat about that. But first, uh, let's give this message from Good Morning Broncos.
Good Morning Broncos on Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Uh, on the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. Make sure to go check them out. Uh, Cody Work does a fantastic job over there. Uh, his show is, is awesome when it comes to all Broncos content that you need. So make sure to go check out Good Morning Broncos. All right. Back here with Matt Brooks. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today, man. Uh, this has been fun, and it's going to get even more crazy now. Let's uh, let's get bold. Let's get takey. Let's uh, let's have some fun with this. Uh, I can start us off if you'd like, but I, I do think it's going to be fascinating to to watch this season. I've got some other some things that I'm I'm going to fire off here that okay. I don't know if I was going to save for. Uh, I I didn't know if I was going to save for this pod or for for a different pod, but. I think I'll start firing them off here. Uh, if you like me to start, then I'll go. Uh, yes, go ahead. Well, I, I got some ready to go. I'm I'm kind of queued up, so let's okay. do it. Actually, you know, let let's let's go. You then guest first. Guest first on on something like this. Should I go in Nuggets? Sure. Relate? Are we going NBA or just like Nuggets? Let's let's start Nuggets and then branch out. That's not even a hot take. It's just I'm sitting on this idea, and I really want it to to come to fruition because I want to write something about it. Uh. I think, well, first off, Nicole Jokic and Jamal are going to be even better this year, which is not like a huge hot take. Jamal's passing, just I've tweeted about it. I've written about it. I'm going to write more about it. I've asked about impressors. I think he's a top 15 assist guy this year. I, th- I think because he was 29th last year, I think he can get top 15. I, I think I really Big deal. Can, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty high on this. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's the big one I'm watching. And I, I just his the leap he's made as a passer, just literally from the start of last year's postseason to the end to now. Um, it's like his comfortability as, especially it's the pocket passes now. He's just hitting Nicola every single time, and he's so smart about picking when to score and when to pass. The angles he's making these passes, like he's just, I don't know. It's weird because I've only been here for like six months and I've noticed it, which to me tells me like, okay, this is something that's happening real time. There's other things I might miss out on. Cause I don't have that backstory uh, with the nuggets, but to me, that's really jumped. So that's one of them. I think Nicola, it's funny. Like we talk about how great of an offensive player he is. And I I've like racked my brain as many of us have, I think to, to figure out how can this guy get better? Like, how does he even get better? And the last thing for me, and I think other people have said this as well, is just jacking up the three-point attempts. I think you're looking at, like, he might more like double, more than double his three-point attempts this year. He could be, like, around, I think he, what was he at last year? He's somewhere in the two-and-a-half-ish range. Is that, is that, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think first. that sounds, like, it was, it was a little bit more than that, I want to say, but. Was it? Actually, no, it wasn't. He was at 2.2 attempts per game. Good Lord. There you what go. He doing? So, he was at 3.9 the year before. Like, I think we get a career high for him. Something about, and I, I asked Malone today about it, and he was like, yeah, like it's, he's noticed it as well that the threes are, he's just getting more threes up. And he kind of talked about, you know, the postseason, the three ball was so successful for Nicola. Um, I wonder if just like winning a championship, having the confidence of that, and and your three ball being such a key factor of that, whether it was all the shots fittingly hit against the Lakers, uh, but really three pointers he hit all throughout. I wonder if that carries over. And that's like the last thing that he can do, not only to just bring up his points total, but also just, you know, attract closeouts that are even more aggressive when he's on the perimeter. And then he can play make from there and do other things with this game. That's my big one. I think those guys are going to be even better together, but individually we're going to see them also take those two aspects of their game up. 
it's a good prediction. It's and for both of those guys, like I think it's reasonably attainable too. For uh, Jamal's side of things, the top twenty or the the twentieth, like he he ranked twenty first actually in assists per game at six point two this last year. Uh, so top fifteen definitely attainable. He can definitely push it even higher. Top, uh, top twelve would mean, or basically top thirteen means that he cracks seven assists per game. You think he can get up to that threshold? Yep. I, I, so I really think I think he's going to be like, how high would you go? Like I could go up to like seven and a half. Ooh, so that's that's like Russell that's Westbrook hard. territory from last year and Drew Holiday territory, Damian Lillard. Um, actually, I mean it's not that far off. Like. He's, he's probably not going to have the ball in his hands. Like it's just so hard to have two guys that average that many assists. Do you think the Joker's yeah. assists go down as a result? Uh, yeah, probably right. That would have to at, at some Maybe point. At least I mean, a it also bit, depends like... on like what they're staggered and and you need your bids to make shots, right? Because if you're you're otherwise those just turn into potential assists. So right, uh, that I think is a factor. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think Joker's willingness to just. He just seems more aggressive as a scorer. Again, it's preseason, but like from what I heard from you guys, like he took one shot like the entire preseason last year. So it was true. This year, so- shooting a lot, and uh, yeah, I just have, I've been curious how that's such a symbiotic relationship, uh, and it, it's it's very yin and yang. So one you pull on the lever one way, scoring is going to go up for the other. I'm wondering if it kind of goes the other way so yeah i'm, I'm curious about well, they, it. they complete each other that's that's probably the best way to to describe it with whether it's the passing or the scoring yeah. or the rebounding or the defending like they really do complete each other and, and and kind of morph around what each other's doing at that time so it's a good take i think joker's gonna win mvp i love it like i know I he's it. the favorite right now so that may not be a bold take but if i if i had to bet on Jokic versus the field I might bet on Jokic. I might bet on I, him. I, I have no disagreements, mostly because I don't know who else would win, for one. Uh, and I, I find I, the right candidate, right? Like It's it, just brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. There's no narrative award. <laughs> there's there's no... The narrative might be, hey, we're sorry we screwed this up, dude. Like, let's, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, uh, let's make up for past wrongs. <laughs> and, and he won which can many times carry into that next year of MVP. Uh, I, I I think that's a pretty apt take. I guess the Luca, like we've been waiting on the Luca coronation, so they'd need to be like a top three seed because that feels Not like... Even, I, like I, I was actually... So I just had this conversation on the alley-oop with a special guest that I, I'm not going to... Not going to float okay. just yet. Uh, but like, I just had this conversation and I think Luca needs to get up to top six. I think I think they need to be seen as a playoff team, yep. avoiding the play-in, kind of like Denver did back in 2022, and that's what helped Joker kind of get that. The 2000-1500 was a big deal, but also just avoiding the play-in and avoiding kind of the stigma of that, saying like, "Hey, you you were a a legitimate playoff team this year, and that was a massive accomplishment for the roster that you had." If it's Luca, and if he's kind of going the same direction. That wouldn't surprise me that much because I don't yeah. think anybody's really picking them to be a, a top six team in the West right now. Yeah, but if you have Kyrie on your roster and you're like a top six team, it's I feel like that's so much different than like the Westbrook year when he won MVP. They were, I think, a six seed. And yeah. he had that huge year after Durant left. Um, that just feels different to me than like if Luca wins with Kyrie on the roster, whether the roster and like 
I think there's pretty varying opinions of what they did this off season. But well, they're going to start if if they start two rookies, then I'm I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess <laughs> that was a surprise. Wow, I have expected many things in the preseason. When I saw the Derek Lively at center headline, I was like, that is. I just didn't see that one coming. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. His, uh, it's uh, interesting to think about, but I mean, that's a, I think it's a battle between those two guys. I think Giannis has a case. I think yeah. Embiid's going to have to like really jump through some hoops in order to actually be eligible for it this year. Yeah. And then Steph is the other one that I, I think I'd mentioned, mm-hmm. but also Tatum, like that you, you could come up with a lot of good candidates. I'm not sure if you can come up with a great candidate. So that's why I just defaulted to Jokic. SGA and Ant, could you could you get SGA into that? SGA is a good one. SGA I, is I one where, that. like, because they don't have this other consistent all star around them. Like with Ant, I think you could at least make the argument that a hey, cat bounced back. Rudy is still a, a former like multiple time all star, uh, and like Ant will, he's, he's still got some efficiency issues and, and yes. things like that of yeah, like yeah. thriving, winning, and whatnot. Uh, but with SGA, like he was just first team All NBA. Just fifth in MVP voting. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the the next step for him. And he's an engine. And like the way he plays is really conducive to regular season basketball and that he's so good in transition. Um, you know, he's just a guy that's gonna put up big scoring numbers through fouls, which is a big mm-hmm. aspect of it. Like he he feels like a big numbers guy if they hit the way they can. And I think Chet's gonna produce pretty much immediately. Like he just feels ready um it's kind of like simmons i guess after taking the gap year and then playing or blake griffin gap year playing um that a the gap year can help a lot of guys because you just learn the game from the sidelines and get used to the travel and the kind of everything that comes with the nba but be like he's just a guy that you're like okay this is the center of your defense and he's he's just really skilled as an offensive player that's all they need and i think that pushes them up in standings i'm i'm pretty high on them as a man as a lot of people are. And I think he's the guy I look at and I'm like, that could be the guy that could be in the mix for sure. Do you have any other uh, nugget specific predictions? Oh goodness. Um, I nugget specific predictions. Um, let's see. Uh, How about this really. one? Not How about really. this one? Do you have a rookie if you, one? If you had to pick, if you had to pick a bench player right now, that's that was in the playoff rotation outside of Christian Brown. Who would you pick? That's a tough one. I like I'm I I like Strother. I do. I just God, movement shooting is such a premium <laughs> in today's NBA. And like you watch him play, and and you see how he looks in summer league. And like he had good moments. He just kind of like the first two games. I don't know. He just wasn't making shots. And then the final three, I think he was kind of around when he's shooting or his shot in preseason, he shot the ball really well. Um, so, but you watch him play in the Nuggets system, you're like, oh, I get it. Like, this guy can hit shots where his feet aren't set. He's, like, running full speed to a spot 28 feet away from the rim, and he's turning and catching. And I'm just like, dude, like, if you're on a team where guys are getting you the ball right where you want it, right in your shooting pocket, and you can shoot at angles where you're, like, falling over, like, I've – it's really hard for me to not see you thrive on this team. So uh, Strother's a good one. Um, and besides that, guys that I also like in the playoff rotation, I continue to like Holiday in a way. I think he feels pretty really? Jeff. Gr- 
I just feel like they're going to have one vet guy in there, you know, and I just don't well, know better. Who like be. they better find somebody, some of these vets that like can, can do the stable stuff. Uh, yeah. He's the one I feel the most confident about of, of any of the vets personally. Um, I think all of them are going to play different roles at different times. Like Reggie's like a, a good score. I just uh, like lineup optimization is always the thing I look at. They trend so small that that kind of limits you. And if you have, um, you know, Jamal playing with the bench guys, I don't quite know where Reggie fits in, right? Like that's kind of the tricky part, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like veteran wings, it just feels like there's going to be that one guy kind of in the rotation there, whether that's Justin or a different guy, I don't know, but uh, that, that kind of, it feels like there's gonna be one of those guys in there. They could definitely stagger Mike and AG to play the four. Um, yeah. And that, that would, that would help them out from a size perspective. If you're, trying to get into that bench unit you're not really sure who to play. I'm going to go with Zeke. I, yeah. I think he is the the most straightforward through line for playing time with the bench. Like he's going to be the backup center. He's going to be a he's going to get consistent opportunities. They just locked into him for a contract. They want to make it work. And I think it's re- I think he's ready. I think he's time. Yep. I think it's the right time for him. And he brings a skill set that the team needs, which is this defensive switchability, athleticism, big target for Jokic if they play together. And I think that they should play together. I think that's one of the things that if you could get Zeke to play a little bit as a four next to Nikola and then have him play the five in lineups without Nikola, then automatically his value just increases because he's not purely a backup five or he's not purely a backup four. Why not make them both? Why not allow him to do different things? And if you have a player that you feel confident can do that, like there's there's some some value in that, especially for a team like Denver where Jeff Green filled that role last year. In lineups without Nicola, he you could argue that he was the backup center. In lineups with Nicola, clearly the the power forward and clearly like a complimentary player. Make Zeke do that. Give him reps at it and and try it. I think that that's the that's the player that I'd go with in in, in that regard. All right, I agree. I mean, I think like if you look at and they're going to lean into those lineups where eight one of AG like last year was one of AG or Jeff at the five, whoever you want to say. Um, if you do that this year with no Zeke. It's like you're putting Peyton or Justin Holiday at the four or five, which is just kind of tricky and limits you oh. a lot. So I do understand that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious with him, just offense. Um, I, I actually think he's like the coaching staff has talked a lot about triple and also he's looked pretty good in that. And if you look at this bench, that's where somebody like Julian Strother, if you're playing Zeke as your four or five, that's where somebody movement shooter, whether it's Jamal or uh, somebody like Zeke makes a ton of sense um, because those guys are going to fly off handoffs and create stuff for you. Um, and you can even run stuff from there and those guys will feed Zeke. So I think there's ways to make it work, but yeah, the offense for me is just will be the biggest thing about him staying involved and, and contributing. Let's do one more prediction before we get out of here. Um, do you want to do a, a national kind of NBA prediction? Like what's the, yeah, uh, what's the take that you're, uh, that you're, you're really sitting on right now with, uh, with the rest of the NBA kind of, kind of watching and waiting for the nuggets to go lower on the books. Ooh, I'm pretty, wow. I'm pretty, yeah. Which is spicy. And it's spicy. I, I see them as like 
one of the three top teams. A little bit. And I do too. I do too. I think their roadmap will matter a lot. They really need Brooke to be good again. They really, really need Brooke to produce again. He was like probably at his career year last year. Um, you know, but that, that that's one of their main four guys. And then, yeah, I mean, I, the two man game between Giannis and Dame is going to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the spacing around that is maybe not as ridiculous. And and there will be, when you get into key games, certain guys on that roster will be just left open or they will be dared to shoot. And that is, that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, you watch the Nuggets, like the beauty is you're just like, your weak side is, okay, here's Michael Porter Jr. in the corner, who's the best unguarded shooter in the league. Oh, one pass away. There's KCP who's shooting 40% on catch and shoot. So um, it's a little bit different for the Bucks. I, yeah, I definitely have a, a couple more questions about them. Now you look at them versus Boston, like they have a play that they're going to go to over and over that two man game between Giannis and Dame. Boston's like, they're really good. And I think they're going to be good defensively. I don't know what the flow of their offense looks like, but I just like them more, you know, I, and I, I, I could be wrong, but God, there's just so much spacing, and maybe I'm falling for that, like the the sexiness of spacing in the NBA. But I just, I don't know. I I I'm definitely lean Boston a lot more than than Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee's roadmap will really really matter, depending on who they play in the playoffs. It's a good take, and it is a fair take. And anybody that says it's unfair is like just missing the fact that guys like Pat Connaughton and Marjan Bochamp and Malik Beasley are going to be have a lot of they're going to have a lot of pressure put on them, especially if Chris Middleton doesn't stay healthy because yep. that's one of those where you you need him to be that guy, you need him to be that consistent third option because Brooke is not going to be that. I don't think. I think he's he's a little bit too old for that. And also, there's the fact that if teams just outshoot them, which is possible, and mm-hmm. they have to have Giannis and Brooke on the floor because those are their two best like guys in the front court. And they don't have a lot of depth behind. Like Bobby Portis is one option, but hey, you can outshoot Bobby Portis. You can outplay Bobby Portis, and then the team with that guy in his in the rotation. So there is a there is a reason to believe that it doesn't work. Uh, but kind of like the Nuggets, like it's just about kind of piecing together the situations and the solutions. And for sure, they have eighty two games to be able to figure it out, including a trade deadline. And they have an aggressive front office that has made trades before at the trade deadline, which I think is really important. They made that PJ Tucker trade. That was like a huge trade for them. Um, So I, yeah, I I think that's a front office that will, will do that thing. But yeah, I mean, and the other thing like with them is uh, their defense, I think presumably will slip a little bit. So you're going to need to make that up for an offense. And then if you're in shootouts and your shooters aren't making shots, <laughs> you know, you can see where this can That'd go. Be fair, they have Either a shooter Miami that series. can make ten threes. <laughs> oh yeah, which is great. <laughs> he'll uh, so, he'll help them. Yeah, <laughs> he, he might just like paper over all of this, and we'll we'll just have to figure that out. Um, Silly. My hot take is that Zion gets traded at the deadline. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Where? Oh man, I like that. There's gonna be one big trade, by the way. It's like an Embiid, Luca. Uh, nah, they're they're gonna wait a year. They're like yeah. he's gonna hold on to like Cuban yeah. will hold on to Luca until like he's dead. Like so will Daryl. So yeah. will Daryl Morey. Yeah. But will David Griffin? No, yeah. not with Zion. Not in That's my opinion. That's an interesting one. Hmm. Yeah, that's a like, bold prediction. 
Well, because Ingram and Zion, we haven't ever seen the fit for a long period of time. And the best moments that the Pelicans have had is when one of those two guys are playing and not both. And to me, that like you got Trey Murphy there. You've got CJ McCollum there. You've got some other good depth pieces there, like players that I like. The problem is that Zion is like you want to be able to commit around him, but he is not good enough and not healthy enough to commit around consistently. And you need other options, but the other options don't fit perfectly. So you need to trade yeah. somebody because right now I don't see them winning above like 40 to 42 games ever. And that's a problem. That's just a, that's just an issue. So. The thing he's so good when he's on the floor. Yeah. That's the one course. thing I will say. And they, and if they just, I don't feel like that team is fully optimized for Zion in that, like they, it's like they forget. It's weird. Sometimes I watch them. I'm like, I feel like we forgot to put the ball in his hands. Whenever they just do the point Zion thing, it's like, I don't know what you do about this. Like, it doesn't weird. matter. Pretty good. Pretty good I, when you do that. You should do crazy. that more. Like, yeah. seems like a good idea. Uh, they, Their they definitely go hard. through some of those issues for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's an interesting one. Do you have a Clippers take? This is a really weird one, and then I'll, I'll let you get going. Um, I think that the Harden trade helps them. I was talking to Robert Plum for uh, the uh, Clippers preview, and and he Enjoyed thinks that. that yeah, he's a good dude, and and he thinks that it helps, but it doesn't help them against Denver. And I kind I tend to agree that like if they were to trade for Harden, they already should have traded for him. If we're being honest, they're them, them poo pooing the idea of trading for Harden is really dumb. Like, yeah. like, oh, Terrence Mann and two first is a little rich for our blood. Uh, so I don't know about that. So they, they, they should probably come to some sort of solution. Um, and Daryl Morey should not be Daryl Morey for once. Um, but once, once that happens and that trade actually does go through in like November, uh, then I think that they will be good. I think that there will be a lot of people that call them a surprise contender that call yep. them a championship kind of yep. contender. And then they'll win a playoff series and then they will flutter out because of injuries or the fact that it's James Harden or the fact that other teams are just better. I like it. I really wanted you to be like, they're in the play in <laughs> or like, <laughs> Oh, they are now. Or like if we're being honest, like yeah. they are now, like yeah. Yeah. this is uh this is not a great team. This is a okay. Good. Okay. To good team right now. And that's a problem. Like, they they need too much to go their way in order to actually win a championship, and they, that's just I, I just don't see it. I don't see it ever happening with them until they trade Kawhi. Yeah, they they feel like if you had to look at a couple of teams that you have penciled in um, as like teams that could fall out of the playoffs, they'd be my number one. But I also kind of. I, I like Harden. I, I enjoy, like, I just think he helps winning. And, like, let's be honest, like, I think their window's pretty, getting pretty close to close. So that that feels pretty obvious to make that trade. He just, like, helps you in the regular season. Even now, like, on yeah. the final years of his career, if they make that trade, isn't, like, I, I can't. Isn't that what they need, too? Like, they need to keep their other guys yeah. healthy. So go get somebody that excels during the regular season so that your guys can excel in the playoffs. Like it should yeah. be a pretty reasonable thing for them to do. And they're probably waiting for Philly to get more desperate. Like, Daryl Morey's never going to like, he's no. not going to do it. Like, he's just not like he's, he's going to sit on his price and he's never going to lose a trade because he's arrogant and that's fine. 
That's fine. Like that's just who he is. And that's that's how a lot of these GMs operate. So look, we'll see what happens, but I do have to run. Um, Matt, you've been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Where can the people find your work? Uh yeah, go to nuggets.com. Um the everything is there. Uh go to we've been doing a lot of like video breakdown stuff on our YouTube channel, so definitely go subscribe there. Uh and then if you want to see 30 clips during a game that are being tweeted out faster than I can think. Uh, you can do that on my, my Twitter account, Matt Brooks NBA. I'll be doing that all year long, threading games and tweeting quotes like the rest of us. Uh, yeah. So those are the, the three places you should check out if you're interested in my work. I'm most jealous of the access to clips. That's the God, one thing that I'm like, Life-changing. Life-changing, yeah. my friend. I had did not have that in Brooklyn. Life-changing. <laughs> Yeah, it. that's really cool. That's uh, that's re- really it's nice. Perk. Gonna have it's to uh, like probably auction off a baby somewhere in order to actually get access <laughs> to those clips. That seems like a good idea. Um, <laughs> so, uh, thank you so much, man. I really do appreciate it. Everybody else, that is gonna do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Uh, we'll, we'll be back tomorrow night, I guess. Like we're gonna talk about this game. It'll be a We'll go, we'll go live too. I'm, I'm going to go live after this game and it's going to be a, going to be a nightmare of a day, but we're going to have a great time doing it. So thank you so much, everybody. Talk to you guys very soon.